You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Last Sunday, Roger kicked off a new message series that we are spending time in in the Lenten season, The Mystery of Faith. It is a journey through the Apostles' Creed, and he did a beautiful job in presenting God the Father and likening him as a gardener. Uh, This series is based on the Apostles' Creed, the oldest confession of our Christian faith. And it is, as Roger talked about last week, it's a confession. It's not an explanation, but it is a confession that invites us into the mystery of of our ancient faith. Uh, The Apostles' Creed is not, and it has never claimed to be, an exhaustive doctrinal statement of Christianity. Instead, it does point to major themes that unite us as the body of Christ, as we join together in all parts of the world in all kinds of different times and settings uh, to lift up the name of Jesus. Um, And as I mentioned, Roger kicked us off last week with the first expression of the creed, and I want to continue this week uh, as we look to God, the Son, Jesus Christ. Now, if you look at the Apostles' Creed in terms of actual words, the quantity of words, uh, you will see that uh, the majority of the words in the Apostles' Creed point to Jesus, God, the Son. Uh, And it would be very, very easy for me and our teaching team to spend weeks, if not months, just talking about who this Jesus is that the Apostles' Creed speaks of, but we would only even then, if we spent months, just begin to scratch the surface. Uh, Obviously, that would also be the case in in talking about God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. But this morning, I I do want to focus on on Jesus Christ. Uh, He is the one we're going to focus on as we look to the Creed this morning. And I I want to begin uh, with the the beginning of the Apostles' Creed, the, the part about God the Father and God the Son. And later in the message, I will invite you to join me in, in reciting uh, the, the creed in its entirety, this confession together. But right now, I just want to begin with the, the beginning part of this. Um, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Now, as I've been praying about uh, what I was going to speak about today and thinking about it, um, I want to focus on the first line uh, about Jesus in this creed. Uh, Jesus uh, is, uh, I believe, in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. There's a lot there. There is a lot there. And I know that if you have been in church maybe a lot of your life, it would be, be very easy for us just to sort of sweep over that. And just like, well, that's just sort of a given. That's just sort of a, uh, you know, it's just like that's not even up for debate. And it's not. But how much do we really engage with these individual words? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. What's the weight of those words, particularly Christ and Lord? I want us to think about that this morning. I want to begin with the truth that that Jesus is God's son and Jesus is God. 
Not only is Jesus God's son, uh, but you might also say uh, that he is the spitting image of, of God. Now, is that, is that, is that, that's not irre- irreverent, is it? I mean, it's, think about that. You know, I, 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 I've seen people, I, I think about my own situation. I, I resemble my father. Uh, we have similarities. But then there are people that I know that it's sort of like, I see the, the, the dad and the, the son or the mom and the daughter, and it's like spitting image. It's like, and the whole idea behind that is, it's as if, uh, you know, that parent just spit them out of their mouth and there they were. I mean, just almost identical. And I'm sure a lot of you ladies are saying, if only childbirth were that easy, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's very much not, a, uh, it's, it's not a, an irreverent thing for me to say that because the word spit was historically used to mean a perfect likeness. And that is who Jesus is. Uh, it, it's, it's who Jesus is. As God's son, Jesus bears a perfect likeness to his father. So it's important for us to, to see that Jesus, God, the son is uh, the son of God, but he's also God in and of himself. And he is a perfect likeness to his father. The apostle Paul put it this way in Colossians 1.15, that the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So for us, if we want to see what the invisible God looks like, what should we do? We should look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Uh, How do we do that? We can look into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see the things that Jesus did, but also see the way that he did the things that he did. Listen to the words that he said. Uh, See how he interacted with all kinds of human beings. You know, Jesus himself talked about his likeness to his father and how that likeness informed all that he said, all that he did, all that he was. In John 14, Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for the trial that he will face coming up that will lead to his his crucifixion and death. And, And he says this, a familiar passage, I'm sure, in John 14. Jesus answers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. And he skips down to to verse 9. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Uh, He's responding to a question that Philip had for him. Uh, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. And that's what we do when we look at the Gospels. And we see the amazing miracles that Jesus did. We see the the powerful healings that he did, the teachings that he gave. As we look at all those works, he invites us not only to see him, God the Son, but to see God the Father uh, in the works that he does. Uh, We talk about Jesus, you know, being incarnate, putting on flesh. 
And that's exactly what he's doing. That's what we get to see uh, in the Gospels. Jesus is God the Son, yet the Son was only about his Father's business. And that business was making his Father and his Father's love and his Father's power known to the world. I've been reading Scripture since I was a little kid. I grew up in a Christian family. I was raised in the church. And I've been in, in reading scripture all my life, as long as I could read or having it read to me even as a young child before I could read. And uh, I've been a follower of Jesus since I was 11 years old. But just over the last few years, have I really been intentional about reading the Gospels with a, a perspective, okay, on, I'm reading what Jesus did here, but I want to see what does this tell me about the Father. And I would encourage you to, to maybe, if you haven't done that, to begin to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and to look at the things that Jesus does so that, obviously, you see you know, what Jesus is doing. It's important for us to see Jesus doing that and, and to recognize how he works, because we're supposed to be, what, doing his ministry, right? Yeah. So we need to know what his ministry was. But I want to encourage you to begin looking at the Gospels with a perspective and maybe a lens of, okay, reading this, seeing what Jesus is doing. What does this tell me about God the Father? Um, when reading the Gospels, ask yourself, what do Jesus' words and actions reveal to me about Father God? I've just really enjoyed that perspective uh, in reading that. And just a few examples, like the very first miracle that Jesus did, Turning water into wine. What does that tell us about, about God the Father? I think it tells us a lot. One of the things that comes to mind for me is God loves weddings, and he loves parties, and he's kind. I mean, this was not an earth-shattering ordeal where people were going to die if more wine didn't come. It's like, well, you never know. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, was a, it was an act of kindness. Our God is kind. Jesus is demonstrating that. Every time Jesus healed the sick, he, when he laid hands on them, remember, his touching a sick person made him unclean based on the Jewish law. Blood, but by my Father in heaven. And God wants us to, to know this. And not just to glaze over that, but to really give time and, and thought and attention to what does it mean for us, this, this the fact that, that Jesus was God's only solution for our sinfulness. There is no other plan, no plan B. There is not, okay, Reese, let's, reply, let's rely on your righteousness, your goodness. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna make the cut. That's not gonna do it. And, and, and you and me, on our very best days, we still fall short. As we read earlier in John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the only way, the only truth, the only life for sinful humanity to be reconciled to holy God. Our goodness could never accomplish this again, no matter how hard we try on our best day. Jesus, he is the one who was anointed from the foundation of the earth. Uh, he was anointed to be our holy sacrifice, our Messiah, our, our, um, our, our high priest. He was the only one uh, who could do this for us, atone for our sin. And why? It's all because of love. Now, I know the word love does not, we don't find it in the Apostles' Creed, but let me just say this. 
everything we read in that creed, it's all love. It is all love. Every piece, every, every line, it's all God's love. And out of his love, God the Father gave his only son, Jesus, to save us and to give us eternal life. Out of his love, he did this for us. Um, I realize that the stuff that I'm talking about today is not likely new information for you. So I get that. My concern for myself and for us as a church is that these astounding truths of our faith can become ho-hum if we let them. They can become passe. They just sort of gloss in one ear, go in one ear and out the other without really impacting our hearts and our spirits. And I don't want us to, to get to that place where it just is sort of like, ho-hum, Jesus Christ, our Lord. As we sang this morning, his name is higher than any other name. And there's power in his name. And it's because he is the Messiah, the anointed one that God uh, purposed who would be the one to reconcile sinful humanity to holy God. And we're going to talk more about him being our Lord in just a second. But when's the last time that you spent some time looking at uh, a passage that so beautifully and wonderfully and succinctly articulates this love? John 3.16. When's the last time you looked at it? Let's take a look at that. John 3.16. And, and I, can we do just sort of a little... Uh, short version of Lexio Divina this morning where I just invite you just to right where you're seated just to, to silently read that and let the Holy Spirit maybe highlight a word or a phrase that just sort of stands out to you, specifically you this morning. Maybe it's that just the idea that God loved the world in its brokenness, that he gave his one and only son that he calls us to believe in him, that we don't have to perish to die, but that he wants everybody to have eternal life. Take a moment and just, just look at that and ask the Holy Spirit to just maybe uh, blow the dust off this verse for some of us. For me this morning, it just really focused on God so loved the world in its brokenness, in its sinfulness, that didn't stop God from loving the world. And guess what, guys? He calls us to love the world, not the things of the world, but he calls us to love the people in this broken world, to show his love in, in, in our daily interactions, show his love through prayer, show his love through kindness, uh, to let the love of God uh, the Father, who was fleshed out in God the Son, now let it live in us as we interact. But my prayer is don't, don't let these amazing, magnanimous truths of our faith, don't just gloss over them. Holy Spirit, let, let our hearts and our eyes, our spiritual eyes and our spiritual senses be uh, reawakened to the wonder of just your incredible love for us. This is out of God's love he gave uh, that we would know and be able to experience eternal life, life everlasting.
And, and it doesn't stop with God the Father. Jesus also mimics his Father, the spitting image. Out of his love, Jesus willingly humbled himself by becoming human, and he knew that that would entail dying for our sins, yet he did it. And again, this is all love. Everything that we read in the Apostles' Creed, it is all rooted in love and founded in love from every vantage point. For what other reason would Jesus do this? He is our our example in all of love and all of life. Philippians 2, uh, Paul writes, in your relationships with one another. Again, we're mimicking, called to mimic what we see in Jesus. Have the same mindset as Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. Yes, Paul, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But this is not just something that we wait for until the day Jesus returns for those who are in Christ. This is a reality that that God invites us, that Jesus invites us into, the Holy Spirit invites us into today as followers of Jesus. And how do we do that? Ultimately, we proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord through the way we live our lives, through lives of obedience. That is the way that we, here and now, as followers of Jesus, as people who are in Christ because we have received the gift of God's love, his wonderful gift of salvation uh, through Jesus Christ, we proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord through our day-to-day obedience. I'm asking myself this question a lot. I find myself posing it to others. What does obedience look like in your life today? That's a prayer. That's something we need to be continually asking the Holy Spirit to show us. What does obedience look like today? God, is I try to do my best uh, to be a loving husband or a loving father or a, a, a good friend or a, a, you know, a, a, a good pastor or whatever the role that you find yourselves in. What does obedience look like today? Simple obedience As we said before, the the Apostles' Creed is not an exhaustive and comprehensive doctrinal statement. And and some actually point to the fact that the Creed uh, jumps from Jesus' birth to his trial and crucifixion, sort of leaving out the 30 years in between, particularly his ministry. But but I got to say this, I've come to believe that the proclamation that we see in the Apostles' Creed, Jesus Christ is Lord. That is what calls you and me not to ignore that ministry segment, that we look to the Gospels, we see what Jesus did, we see how he did it, we read what he said, we listen to it with our hearts and our minds and our spirits, and we say, yes, Lord, 
Yes, Lord, I want to I wanna be that. I want to do that today because that is ultimately the way that we truly proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. We can acknowledge that with our, our words uh, till, till our throats are raw and we can't even talk anymore. But if our lives don't show that out, it's meaningless. And so I want to say, let us be people who wholeheartedly say, Jesus Christ is Lord with our thoughts with our words, with our actions, as we seek to do the ministry of Jesus everywhere, our mission here at Vineyard Church. Not because it's a great idea that we came up with as a local church, because it's, it's all of what Scripture talks about and what Jesus commands us to do. He says this. We, we were looking earlier in John chapter 14 when he's talking and preparing his disciples about uh, his, his, his trial and his death that's about to come. And if you read further, he says this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for me anything in my name and I will do it. And so Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Lord. How do we let this idea of Jesus Christ as Lord? How, does, how do we really flesh that out in our own lives, in our own existence? How do we not make that just, you know, lip service to some sort of, uh, uh, you know, religious ritual that we give no heart to or no spirit to or no flesh to? It's by showing up and saying, God, what does obedience look like today in my life? Help me to seek first your kingdom not my kingdom, not my agenda, but your agenda. Help me to see the people that you've placed in my life all around me that, that you've called me to bless, to pray for, to encourage, uh, to maybe provide something for, whatever it is. Help me to hear your voice, to be obedient. We're talking about this, this mystery of faith. And I don't come here today, and none of our speakers, as we go through this, this is going to come here to give you all the answers but we all want to invite you into this amazing relationship. Next week, we're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, and, and I'm excited about that, but I, I, I know the Holy Spirit is here with us this morning, and I know that he wants to speak to us this morning. And for some of you, it may be that thing of speaking to you that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, reminding you that he is the only way, the only truth, the only life. He is the only way that we can be reconciled as sinful human beings to a holy God. The only way. And, and it's not by our good efforts. It's not about discounting ourselves because we've lived such a deplorable life. It's about coming and recognizing, God, I need you. I need your love. I need your forgiveness. I need you to save me and to know that he says, yes, yes, I love you. And I love you uh, while you are against me. I love you while you are against everything my kingdom stands for. I love you. And to show you how much I love you, I didn't just throw you a penance, a, a little, little bit of something. I gave you heaven's best. In Jesus Christ, my only son, God's love invites you 
to receive his awesome gift of salvation so that we can have relationship with him that, that changes every minute of every day of, of our lives from this point throughout eternity. He invites us into that. So receive God's gift of love uh, given to us through Jesus Christ. I also believe that for many of us today, this is a reminder for us to examine our hearts and to really come to terms with what it means that Jesus Christ is Lord. What does that mean? That he has the role of authority in our lives? That we would say, not my will, but your will be done? That, that we would say, God, the things that you have entrusted to me, ultimately my life really aren't mine, they're yours because I'm in you and I belong to you. So therefore, what, where you lead, I will follow. What you say for me to do will become my priority. And the priorities that maybe I established in my own wisdom and in my own strength, I lay those down to seek first your kingdom, your rule and reign. So Lord, what does obedience look like today in my life? What does obedience look like today in my life? Some of us uh, have just been on cruise control regarding our relationship with the Lord. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us this morning, just about to each one of us right where we are. Words of love, words of invitation, words that lead to life and goodness and wholeness. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that Jesus came to show us. And that is the God, not to get ahead of myself for next week, that is the God the Holy Spirit wants us to experience and is here to, to let us do that. 